Greetings, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. This is your sister Shirley, and you are listening to Divine Connections, a podcast for God's people. In continuation of our series entitled Spring Cleaning, today we will be highlighting the spiritual cleansing agent known as the blood of Jesus. So let's get started. Christ's shed blood gave us the ultimate privilege of having our sins forgiven and transferring our much-deserved punishment and judgment unto the cross. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 28, Jesus said, For this is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus gave his disciples this revelation during Passover dinner. The idea he was trying to communicate here was that just as the blood of the lamb had delivered the Jews from the night of terrors in Egypt, so Christ's own blood would deliver his people that were covered by it from the judgment of God on the last day. Essentially, without Jesus, you and I would be defined by our sins and would be condemned to die as sinners and spend an eternity away from God. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we as Christians receive not only the cleansing of our sins, but also of our conscience. Hebrews 9 verse 14 says, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? What an incredible promise. Christ's cleansing our consciences from sins that lead to death. Wow, that's amazing. He offered himself unblemished and perfect as a sacrifice to God for us on account of our sins. Therefore, he alone is able to cleanse our consciences through his blood. Although all of our minds have at some point been corrupted by sin and seared, as with a hot iron, according to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, Jesus can and will cleanse our consciences, enabling us to live right lives and to think right thoughts in Jesus. This is great news the gospel has for all of us that may be burdened by a sinful past and corrupted consciences. The blood of Jesus not only forgives us from sin, but It can also sanctify us and set us apart for his service and for his glory. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 12 reads that Jesus also suffered in order to sanctify his people through his own blood. In so doing, God is calling his people to be holy as he is, which is one of the reasons Jesus suffered. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Hebrews 12 verse 14 reads, After being forgiven of our sins, we are then able to enter into a new relationship with God. What could be better than that? If you have never taken the time to do so, take some time today and thank God for the blood of Jesus. When you and I take communion, do we ever think of healing? Does healing ever come to mind? Most Christians take the emblem of the blood and say, Thank God we are delivered from sin, which is very true. We ought to praise God for it. But according to Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 5, Jesus' sacrifice covered every area of man's existence. He bore spiritual torment for our sins, mental distress for our worry, care, sorrow, and fear, 
and physical pain for our sickness and disease. He took on a curse so that we in turn might be blessed. The stripes he bore and the blood he shed were for our healing. By his stripes we are healed. God gave everything he had to redeem mankind from the curse. When we receive only part of the sacrifice, it's sort of an insult to him. But when we apply the blood of Jesus and receive its power, we need to remember to apply it in its fullness. Let's not just receive and apply it halfway. Let's accept everything Jesus' sacrifice provided. If you fail to understand and receive the full power of the blood, then you're missing out. Paul wrote, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 30. If you need healing today, the blood of Jesus is free and without side effects. You don't need a prescription, you don't need an appointment, and you don't have to check with your insurance company. Jesus provided it all through the blood. You can count on the blood of Jesus today for your healing. I can count on the blood of Jesus today for my healing. In Exodus In the book of Exodus, rather, after nine devastating plagues, Pharaoh still refused to let God's people go. So, God sent a final plague, one of judgment, to smite all of the firstborn in the land of Egypt, according to Exodus chapter 12, verse 12. As the sons of Adam, Satan knew that the children of Israel had broken covenant with God and were also due judgment. God could protect them, but not without blood. They had a covenant relationship with God through Adam, but they needed to stand in that covenant. They needed to choose the covenant over the curse. So God instructed them to take the blood of the lamb and paint it on their doorposts. They did, and the angels of death passed them by. Was it really the blood of the lamb that stopped them from being killed? No, it was the blood of the lamb Jesus that was slain from the foundation of the world according to Revelation 13 verse 8. The blood of the lamb is inexhaustible and never ending. It is an unlimited supply. When we apply the blood of Jesus to the doorposts of our lives in faith, we access the power to defeat every part of the curse that tries to take residence. When you and I speak the name of Jesus in the face of sickness, death, disease, danger, the blood of the lamb is behind it and we are protected. God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that he does not want us to be condemned with the world. Now, the whole context of this chapter chapter rather, is in the context of Holy Communion, the bread and the wine. And how we partake of it is important so that we are not condemned with the world. Now, this condemnation that this particular text is talking about is not what one would assume. The passage doesn't say if you partake in the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, you're going to hell. The whole context here is about health and saying that God wants us to take advantage of the communion so that we will not suffer the condemnation that the world is in. That is weakness, sickness, dying prematurely, etc. 
The world has been under this condemnation since Adam sinned, but Jesus came to remove it for all those who would believe. He was really surprised and shocked to see that in the church, many were weak, sick, and falling asleep. He being Paul, that is, in this particular scripture. Paul was very surprised, shocked to see that in the Corinthian church, there were many that were weak, sick, and falling asleep and dying prematurely before their time. And he gave the reason why, stating, For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. Paul isn't saying here that if you have sin, you cannot partake in communion, or that if you are unworthy, you cannot be fellowshipping at the Lord's table. Jesus died for us all even those who are considered to be unworthy. As a matter of fact, there was no creature called worthy that Jesus died for. Jesus qualified all who have received him as being those who can partake of communion. So Paul isn't talking here about the person. He's talking about the manner, not the man. And he's saying because of the way that the Corinthians were taking communion, they were not taking full advantage of what it had the capacity to supply them with. For many years, there's been this common ideology that says that one shouldn't take communion with sin in their lives because they could get killed or become sick. However, the truth is God has provided holy communion to offset the decaying nature of man and to introduce life where there would otherwise be death. Many Christians who are not feeling good about their lives simply choose not to take communion. They've been influenced by this belief system that I better not take it or else I'll die. But Jesus says, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for your healing. He said to take the cup and drink because his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And this is the new covenant replacing the old covenant. But Jesus explained that the cup is for forgiveness of sins, but he does not explain the purpose of the bread the breaking of the bread. He simply says that it's broken for us. It would have been so much easier had Jesus explained it clearly as it relates to the purpose of the bread. But God being God, <laughs> desiring for his children to seek him without much explanation, provided only limited information so that we could seek him for the significance of the body of Jesus, for the best blessings or bread would go to those who are hungry for God and his word. Okay, so the word of God being synonymous to bread throughout the scripture, God, you know, is essentially leaving this mystery behind the lack of explanation for his children to seek him and hunger. He said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Okay. So Jesus reserved the blessings of health and wholeness for those who are hungry, those who are willing to study the word, those who are willing to sit under the teaching of the word and be filled with his knowledge and his wisdom and his righteousness. So Essentially, just because someone is partaking in the Lord's Supper doesn't mean that they're reaping all of his benefits. Only those who are taking it with the right belief system and knowledge, discerning the Lord's body, will have the best outcomes. It is my hope that the 
short time that we spent today talking about the blood of Jesus would, you know, strike your interest to go and learn more about the blood and to go and praise God for the blood because it is only because of that blood that you and I can declare and decree that we are saved today from eternal condemnation and separation with God. It is that blood that brings us healing. It is that blood that brings us fellowship with the Lord and his suffering. It is that blood that allows for us to sit at the Lord's table. So I pray that you were blessed. I pray that something that you heard today touched you in a special way. And I pray that the blessings of the Lord be upon you until we meet again. God bless you.